What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. From the beginning of the game to the end of the game, you went for it, and that's what wins, always, no matter what. That's why John Harbaugh has been the head coach of the Baltimore uh-huh. Ravens since 2008. Moments like that makes me want to get up out of my chair, go run into a wall and bounce off of it and bust my ass and land on the floor. <laughs> that's good. Well done. Well done. Uh, I, I wondered, I, I saw something in the sheet that I didn't quite understand, and now I understand it. Well done. And uh, I still get fired up when I hear that John Harbaugh postgame speech. All right, and it fired me up enough to give the Ravens a big jump, Chris, in the week three power rankings that we posted yesterday at PFT. The Buccaneers are still number one, and they'll be number one until they lose. And if they lose this weekend, the Rams will be number one because it's number one versus number two. Old school style. I like it like that. I know some people are salty that I put the Ravens up as far as they did, but I had to put them in front of the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs, and it's not like the Chiefs should plummet. You know, the best teams are still the best teams. I don't care what the records are. I, 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 uh, I like what the Ravens did. It was a signature victory. It was the most important win of the John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson tenure. And I think they're just going to roll from there. There's an aura. There's a vibe. Just like when they went for it on fourth down against the Seahawks. That was the moment they declared themselves in 2019. I think they're just going to build on it from here and they're going to keep winning football games. So I don't know. I, I, I Look, I look at it now and I see plus 10. This team's up 10. This team's up 8. This team's up 9. This team's down 10. But that's what you do in the early season. You're trying to figure out where everybody fits. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I think you are. I'm, I'm with the, you know, the rest of the crowd. I think you've gone too high with the Ravens. I will. You know, I, I mean, just right off. Your, that's ironic. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, well, I, I, ironic. I mean, you know, from your logic there, then why aren't the Raiders higher up? I mean, why? Aren't, that's where I just would question that one a little bit. Right? I mean, the Raiders are in the top 10. Hey, okay, Raiders, but you know, you just said that 10. one team, you know, you gave credit to one team for winning a game where they really benefited from win. the other team making a bigger win. B- bigger at win. home field, Ravens at their own the home Chiefs. field. 
Ravens beating the Chiefs was a bigger win. That was the biggest win of the season so far because of what it meant to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And if you doubt me, go back and watch the way Jackson reacted after those moments where they took the lead late or they cemented the victory. He understands what it means to him and to the team. It was a bigger win for the Ravens to do what they did to the Chiefs. That's why they're higher than the Raiders right now, even though the Raiders are 2-0. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't disagree with what you said there. It was a big win. I, d- I do, but, I, you know, again, I, I don't know. I just I just wouldn't have put them that high. That, that's all I'm saying. Like, that, that would probably be the first thing that jumps out to me. You know, I don't know if I would put the Bills in front of the 49ers right now. That would be another one that jumps out to me. 49ers haven't been impressive, though. They yeah. have not been impressive. Well, they, they were killing one team. They're two of the Bills haven't been overly impressive either. I mean... You know, that's where I, it's it's tough. I'm just saying, I just think I'm and my take is just that you're a little little too high on them and the Ravens. And the other one is the Steelers. The Steelers, I think I would have definitely had the Panthers in front of them for sure. The Steelers were lucky to win week one to a degree. If it's not a block punt and some flubs by, you know, B- Buffalo. So that was just the ones that jumped out to me. I'm not saying I'm right. I don't know. It's just the ones that I, I looked at to where. If I can criticize Florio, that's where I'm going to criticize you. Uh, I'm sure you're going. Well, you're going to you're going to seize on anything you can. I <laughs> felt bad about bumping the Panthers any higher because they're already up ten spots. And I was on radio in Charlotte this morning. They want to give me a ticker tape parade in Charlotte because I'm the only <laughs> one. I don't look at other power rankings. Apparently, I'm the only one anywhere that has them in the top ten. How can you not have the Panthers yeah, in the top ten? Right after what we saw last week against the Saints. Right, and I mean it was annihilation. I mean it really was. I mean it was an absolute butt whooping. It was the Saints did to the Packers, the Panthers did to the Saints. There was really no chance at any time during the game that you thought the Saints were going to win that football game or come back. I mean, it, it was that dominant. Um, so, yeah, people need to wake up to that. But, uh, but I hear you. You know, you did. You made them, made them have a huge jump there. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying maybe in front of the Steelers. That's all I was saying. The, I think the only one that really bothers me is the Ravens. I think that's it. You know, again, I know it was an awesome win, um, but – I guess I still got questions about them a little bit as we go forward here. Well, maybe I got caught up in the moment because it was a big win and it was a signature win, and I feel like it's the start of something good for the Ravens after they've gotten through I the early so. season. Yeah. Injury dysfunction, and I think most teams are going to deal with that injury dysfunction at some point in a 17-game season. The question is, can you get through it? Can you find ways to win even when you are besieged by injuries some questions here let's go with Florian Grossberg is the Buccaneers tendency to take their foot on and off the gas pedal a cause for concern when they play the better teams look they may just be like the Chiefs have been in recent years you play up and you play down to the level of the competition every week you're getting the A plus game from every opponent you have uh, if you're in a position where you can take the foot off the gas, maybe, maybe, maybe you should take your foot off the gas from time to time because every game that you play, the other team is treating it like it's their own personal Super Bowl, Chris. Yeah, they're definitely going to have to you know, answer that bell week in and week out, 100%. I, I'm like you. I feel the same kind of way. That was like one of the things I, I talked about like on, a, on our Peacock you know, Sunday night postgame show was just that, yeah, the, the Bucks do have a little bit of that feel. Like, oh, we're going to dominate you. We're stepping on the gas. Okay, we're winning. We're dominating. Let's play a little conservative. You know, let's not be the same on defense. We lose our intensity. Whoa, you're coming back? Hold on. We can step on the gas again. We're that, we're that damn good. We can take it off and put it back on and take it off and put it back on. So 
Uh, yes, and, and and but but I'm not concerned about it. I'm not. I think when how do you fix it? Do you do you just live with it or do you try to fix it? No, I mm, no. I think you you do try to fix it. They just got to figure out that right blend, like Kansas City in that game where you're up 35-24 and had the ball like two times. I think they were up 28-17 at one point and had the ball two times. So where you just can't go. Wait, we're going to protect our lead. They got to find that balance of like still being aggressive, but not crazy aggressive. And that's to me, that's a tough balance to find all all throughout the game, especially when you do take a lead. Because you know, as we've talked about before, the mental psychology of the game comes in there too. To where, yeah, maybe Brady or Mahomes want to make that throw if the game's tight, but oh, we're up by ten. I'm not going to take that chance. And that's where you kind of got to figure out, you know, you know what you can get away with and what you can do in those situations. You don't want to give the momentum to the other team at a time when they're on the ropes. I agree with that completely. Yeah. And it's a long season. And, hey, the Buccaneers have some difficult games. The schedule isn't murderer's row, but the next couple of weeks need to have their full attention. They go to L.A. First time Tom Brady has ever played in Los Angeles. He will play the Rams this week One when versus the Bucks go two. out there. And then they go to New England the following week. Yeah. Um, here's a question from Mike Ness 18. Is there any area where the Bucks need to be concerned about? Chris, I, I think you and I are on the same page. They still have to stop the blitzing. Uh, yes. Just trust their front four. That's right. Uh, that, that to me is the, the only thing I look at that can really throw them off. It's just... Todd Bowles getting impatient, you know, sticking to like, oh, this is what I do. This is what I, you know, you don't need to do that. You got a different team. No risk really it, no counted. biscuit. Yeah. No risk it, no biscuit. Yeah. They, 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 they got to be careful there because, you know, they risked it and they almost lost the biscuit in week one completely, you know, because of some of those over aggressive defensive calls. So that would be the thing that jumps. I'm, I'm with you there. It jumps out to me too. We talked about the Ravens already and why they're ahead of the Raiders, and we'll see how it works out in the coming weeks. Uh, as to the Bills at number five, John Laravier, 12. I'm not sure you're looking at Josh Allen the way he should be looked at. He had one decent season. Decent season? Really, John? Laravier? It was decent? It was last MVP year was decent. Season. I mean, yeah. And, and his completion percentage his last three games is horrible i saw somewhere that his completion percentage is down yeah. this year and i guess that's cause for concern but i i still am not going to sign on to this idea that what we saw from josh allen last year was some sort of a fluke it was him arriving at a next level of performance that he's going to stay at and i'm not ready to say he's not still there chris no i'm not either We're, you know definitely not you know again yeah they they played a really good defense Two weeks in a row in a lot of ways. Last week, yeah, they didn't need to absolutely torch it. They're a little off in their passing game. There's no question about it. You know, again, you know, they but played two defenses who have extreme knowledge of their offensive system, too. So let's pump the brakes. And here's the other thing I would say. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not an effective run team. We saw some, some balance from them last week. Maybe they can continue to do that. But my main point I want to make is the Bills' talent on the offensive side is way overrated. It's way overrated. Nobody's going, oh, my gosh, if we don't stop Emmanuel Sanders, we're screwed. Or, oh, my gosh, if we don't stop Cole Beasley, we're screwed. It's Stephon Diggs. He's the only guy there that's like a legitimate blue chip. Like, okay, we got to worry about him. That's it. So, what? what and again, there's no Travis Kelsey out there. Diggs is not Tyreek Hill. 
okay? And there's a reason Emmanuel Sanders is on his third team for the third year in a row. It's not because he's been so good and the teams are just like, ah, we can't figure it out. Well, we just we can't keep him. No. So that's the other thing. That's just haterade on Josh Allen. So, yeah, it hasn't been great, but we'll see how it goes and let it play out. Raiders at number eight, and Chad Mixon asks, did a part of you feel it was too early to have the Raiders in the top ten? Look, the Raiders beat the Ravens and the Steelers in back-to-back weeks, and they still have to play the Browns, and they play all the teams of the NFC East, which is better than it was last year, but it's not like playing all the teams of the NFC West. When you start looking at the Raiders' schedule and we start spinning it forward, there's a lot of W's lurking there. This is a team that could be very good, and to start off the year winning against... Two playoff teams from last year. One team that was 11-0 last year. They went into their building and beat them. They outclassed the Steelers on Sunday. And to get that win over the Ravens to start the season, I I, I think we have to... Oh, I mean, Chris, they could be... They could be 6-1 and one at the bye. That's not crazy. 5-2, and 6-1 at the bye is extremely realistic. It, it is. It is. I think every game is probably going to be tough and close. Like, they're not going to blow anybody out, but their offense puts tremendous pressure on you. You know, Gruden, Carr together, they never waste plays. And what I mean by wasting plays, they don't run a play into a bad defensive look ever. They don't. So they're, they're extremely efficient that way. You know, they have nine zillion ways to throw the ball six and seven yards. And then now... With that, they got guys to go, oh, wait, now you're coming up to stop our six- and seven-yard pass plays? Well, now we got guys that can just take off and beat you man-to-man, and Derek Carr can throw it out there and hit you. And that's where they become really dangerous. They can protect the quarterback, the O-line. Hey, Gruden and company, they knew what they were doing. It's not like as good as maybe it was two years ago, but it's still good enough, as we're seeing, to get the job done. Josh Jacobs is not even there. you know, And, and the defense, at least, is sound. That's what Gus Bradley's got them doing. They got a little talent in the secondary. You can see they're coming along. Trayvon Mullen, Arnett, Abrams, and you know it's allowing everybody to play fast and aggressive. And that's the biggest difference to me with the Raiders. And I think they are going to be, you know, in this thing. Just from what I've seen through two weeks ago, I'd be shocked if they're not in this thing when it's December and we're talking playoff football. Things can change dramatically any given week, but so far so good for the Raiders, and they should be able to beat the Dolphins this weekend. We'll do all of our picks on Thursday for the Mega Picks Joint Podcast, and I'll go ahead and 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 give you that little that little clue. I'm going to pick the Raiders to beat <laughs> the Dolphins. Steelers at number nine at Spirits West say, uh, "I I thought you hated the Steelers, Mike. All is forgiven." Um, I, I don't. I, I look. I don't hate the Steelers. I, I hate all teams equally. We just got to we got to rank them. We got to figure out how to put them in here. Uh, and uh, I, I, if anything, I thought not enough of them going into the season, and I allowed myself to think too much of the win over Buffalo week one. I still think that was a big deal. Yeah, and I'm surprised that they then tripped over their own shoelaces and lost at home to the Las Vegas Raiders first game in Pittsburgh with a full stadium not that that really mattered we've seen a lot of home teams with full stadiums lose so far this year but uh, you know we're still trying to figure out exactly where they are they probably should be a little bit lower and if Ben Roethlisberger's hurt and it's Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins against the likes of the Bengals and the Packers the next couple of weeks 
it's probably the last time they're going to see the top 10 all year long, Chris. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting few weeks. I mean, definitely. I mean, yeah, it, it it's hard to win the way they're playing right now. Like, just kind of inconsistent on offense. They're Like you said earlier in the show, there's no identity. I think they're trying to figure it out. And they're just hoping their defense keeps them in games and and maybe can make a play or two to help the offense out and get a short field. So, yeah, it's not going to be easy. And, you know, I haven't really looked at their schedule. They got the Bengals this week. Okay, yeah, they, they, they should beat them, but I don't think that'll be easy. It won't be. The Bengals are a better what team. What if they don't have Ben? What uh, if they don't have Ben? That, that would scare me too. Again, it's just not easy to go in there and just go, oh, I'm taking over an offense that is not hitting on all cylinders, and now – you know, I'm the quarterback as a backup. Yeah, there's definitely issues there. And the Bengals are a better football team. The Bengals blew it last week against the Bears. They blew it. They really did. They kind of had it, and I was sitting there going, it's 7-3, and it's just a matter of time. Joey, Joey Beal start getting hot and watch out. That didn't happen. But, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if the Steelers lost the next four games. I wouldn't be shocked if they – ugly win the next four games i really wouldn't it's hard to have a feel for them right now and like you said it's just it's early in the season we got to kind of continue to evaluate and reevaluate these teams to figure out exactly what they are it's hard to get a, a complete picture after two games three of the next four games at home leading into a week seven bye right before the bye it's a sunday night seahawks at steelers and you, you may be saying, well, wait a minute, didn't we just do Seahawks at Steelers two years ago? This is the 17th game. This is the formula. This is the way it works. They wouldn't be playing the Seahawks any other year, but but that's how it fell as they did that inter-conference extra game. Seahawks how, coming back to Pittsburgh yeah. this year. How and, many uh, times that, that you, Sorry, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, how go many ahead. times many, have you had to explain that 17th game to people when you say it every now and then? Like, I've had it at so many moments. Like, this is their seven, and they're like, what do you mean? It's not week 17. Yeah. And I'm like, no, this is the part of the extra game and the crossover scheduling. And I, I, I feel like I have to explain it to people all the time. <laughs> yeah, and that game, and just for anyone who hasn't been paying attention, it is an interconference game, that extra game. It's not going to be your 17th game. Your last game, it's going to be interspersed with the others, but it's an interconference game. It's driven by a rotation of the divisions and where you finished in your division the prior year versus where the other team finished. And uh, in theory, um, you know, you could cross paths with a, a given team from the other conference a lot more often than once every four years, right. which is the way it otherwise is. And they'll still play once every four years, but in between that, they could they could see them again. All right, uh, number eleven, the Green Bay Packers up from number 15 number 14 the saints down from number four smell my cologne one on twitter says didn't green <laughs> bay you. lose to new orleans and I, look I, I i i am a victim and a proponent of recency bias especially when it comes to power rankings and the saints looked so bad last week against the panthers they had to free fall they had to and, you know, maybe I should have bumped the Packers up maybe one or two spots. I don't know. In hindsight, four may be too much because we agreed yesterday that it really isn't all that impressive of a win. When you manage to successfully punch your punching bag, how impressive is that? This wasn't a big game for the Packers other than they needed to win. They got one of their easiest stops on the schedule, the perfect game. The Lions coming into town on a primetime uh, moment. Uh, when the Packers needed to win, yeah, okay, fine. So uh, maybe I shouldn't have bumped them up four spots because I don't know that 
that they have exercised all their demons and yeah. deserve to be on the fringes of the top ten. Yeah, well, it's fair. I mean, the Saints obviously got some demons too, though. I mean, so you know, it's hard there. And, and you know, we saw you. you yeah, you're going to have some recency bias because yeah. We're talking about, you know, Green Bay, who's been the number two seed in their last year. They were number one seed, number one and number two seed in the NFC playoffs the last two years. And you saw Rodgers and company get in a rhythm. So you always kind of think, well, uh oh, here they go. Watch out. I don't know. That has to play a part in your psychology. That's a really tough spot on your power rankings, like um, 11, 12, 13, 14, even 15 there with the Cowboys involved in that conversation. I mean, hey, you could talk to 10 NFL head coaches and they could have that, you know, 10 different ways as far as how that plays out. Now, I think for me, I probably would have gone Browns, Patriots, Packers. No, I would have gone I would have gone Browns, Cowboys, Patriots, Packers, Saints. I think that's how I would have done it. Does that make sense? Did I say that right? I think I did. Uh, yeah, I would have gave the Browns the 11th spot. I probably would have gave the Cowboys the the uh, 12th spot. The Patriots the 13th, because even though those teams those teams we just talked about there they lost games in Week One, they kind of outplayed their team they played. They just lost. They messed it up. And then I would have filled in there. Uh, I think with the the Cowboys and the Saints. But hey, like. Hey, I understand the Saints game was concerning there. I mean, that was concerning. They could do nothing. That was they got their butts beat, I think worse maybe than they beat the Packers uh, the week before. So that was ugly. It is an amazing swing of the pendulum from one week to the next and we react based upon what we've seen most recently. Question from M Paris 86 about the Browns being at number 12. They were at number 7 last week. Is it fair to drop the Browns five spots following a double digit win? Well, all's fair in power rankings because it doesn't mean anything but they were not impressive they haven't been impressive they were impressive in the first half of the game against the Chiefs that's it and my concern is the Browns aren't going to live up to the high expectations and if Tyrod Taylor doesn't get injured the Browns quite possibly are 0-2 Chris so I want to see some urgency they've got the injury to Jarvis Landry now who's going to go on IR with an MCL maybe Odell Beckham Jr. will be back this week against the Bears Baker Mayfield the the misguided decision to try to make a tackle after an interception and he's got an issue with his left shoulder I, I I just I want to see more from that team and I definitely want to see more from the defense that's it Mike you said it that's where we got to see it I mean the defense is the hands down the concern of the football team you know the offense is kicking butt they're very efficient they kind of can do whatever they want to do for the most part yeah they made a mistake uh, last week and made a mistake at the end of the game of the Chiefs but I mean Man, they're, they're phenomenal. The defense is concerning. You know, Tyrod Taylor came out of the game, and what was he? You know, I mean, hold on. I got the game here. He was, yeah, 10 for 11 for 125 and a touchdown, and then, of course, had a 15-yard touchdown run to go along with it. Like, yeah, who knows how that game plays out? They got to figure it out on defense. They do. Uh, I don't know what it is, if they got to play more man-to-man coverage. That would probably be one thing that jumps out to me. You know, they might have to mix up the defense a little bit. You can't just play vanilla Seattle scheme, play after play after play. You know, they're not good enough to just do that, and too many teams know the Seattle scheme. It's just it's 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 dying off. It's dying off. You got to have some curveballs involved in there. You can't just keep throwing that defense out there all the time. At guy 101, what team currently on the right side of the ledger, the bottom half of the power rankings has the best 
chances of making it to the playoffs. And here they are, 17 through 32. This one's easy to me based upon what we saw from the Titans. Yeah. I would say the Titans. Right. Right? I I think so. I'm with you there. The Titans and the Broncos, the Seahawks there. You got them all right there. But the Titans. I'd go Titans-Seahawks right now. Titans-Seahawks, the two most likely to make it. I I, I would agree with you there. Yes. Uh, The Titans, they have a lot of things that you like about their football team. You know, they they blew some coverages and messed some things up in the game last week. But, man, I look at their secondary and go, man, this Christian Fulton, you know, Janoris Jenkins on the other side, they can cover. You know, their defensive line looks pretty good. So, you know, they just got to figure it out a little bit or play a little bit more sound. Both weeks they had some mess up there, but I think their offense got rolling last week finally. And we'll see if they can keep it going. But I, I do look at them as that team, Mike. I'm with you. Vikings at 24. They were 23 last week at Lisgo Skull. Uh, the Vikings move down. If Greg Joseph makes the kick, do they move up? Yes, they do, because they would have won the game. <laughs> they lost. They dropped a spot. And I had to keep them behind the Bengals. Otherwise, I would have had 75% of the greater Cincinnati area up my butt over the fact that the Vikings were somehow higher than the Bengals, even though the Vikings beat the Bengals. So I wanted to give the Vikings more credit for playing the Cardinals tough, but the bottom line is... They lost a game they should have won. Last one real quickly, Chris. The Giants went up one in defeat. Don Johnson, 69, says, uh, I'm not happy with the list. We deserve to be last because our defense is so atrocious. And we let Tyler Heineke look like prime Tom Brady out there. But the bottom line is, I think they, I mean, in my mind, they won that game. Because in my mind, Dexter Lawrence was not offside and that first field goal was no good. And Daniel Jones played great. And there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic about the Giants moving forward. Yeah, I, I, I'm not ready to close the book on the New York Giants. Definitely not. I mean, yeah, they, they played two pretty good defenses. And yeah, they had their moments of tearing them up. But they got issues. I mean, we know the offensive line, pass protection. I mean, Daniel Jones early in that game last week, holy cow. I mean, it was he had a look at he had a look to see if everybody's blocked first before he could even look downfield. And sometimes he would look and be like, "Oh no, he's coming right at me." We didn't block him, and we had two guys on him. So there's an issue. And the defensive talent itself is, you know, there's a lot of good, but how talented is the secondary? And they don't. I don't know if they have an elite pass rusher. Oljolari looking good in through two weeks, but I, I, there's definitely some holes in the team. But uh, I'm not ready to close the door on them yet. All right, let's take a break. We're going to open the door to our weekly airing of grievances. Hey, Aaron Rodgers does it every Tuesday on Pat McAfee's show. We're going to do it every Wednesday (laughs) on our show. More PFT Live right after this. I think in this day and age of media, the the things that get the most, it's all about clicks, right? And hits and views and uh, one second counts as a view. So, the, the actually opinions that are garnering the most attention are the most outlandish. So, so it's not even overreaction Monday or Tuesday anymore. It's overreaction every time a microphone's in your face, every time you have a single shot in the camera and you get to talk to camera, every time you're on a panel, it's who can say the most outlandish things. There's a certain amount of irony in that comment from Aaron Rodgers because he's saying some pretty outlandish things there about how the media business works. He's clueless, frankly, as to how the media business works. You don't get a view for a second. 
you don't get a click for a second. It, it, no, it's that's not what it's about. It's about coming up with engaging content that people want to pay a lot of attention to, not a little attention to. You're trying to build an audience that is with you over the long haul, not bits and pieces. This isn't about shouting as loud as you can in the wilderness so you get attention for five minutes. You're trying to sustain something that lasts, oh, I don't know, 20 years or longer. So he... Look, Aaron, I'm not going to pretend I know how to read defenses. Don't pretend that you understand how a media business works. That's all I'm saying, Chris. There, I feel better. Uh, well, no, I, 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 I hear you there. I mean, I hear you. I do. But I think the broader point is still there. It's real. There is still plenty of people who are uninformed, who got a big followings, and just yell out, crap. I'm just sorry. Yeah, I mean, you know, again. Or you can even... You can be perceived that way at times too. Like you know, when you when you you know say a, you know, I, I deal with it. It's it's just it's a tough it's a tough thing. It really is in the media business. I mean, but but at the same time, no, I think there's enough of that out there to where yeah, people making outlandish or you know headline statements, and you go, well, but I don't know if you really know what you're talking about watching. I saw you call, you know, cover 97 other sports this past week, but now I'm supposed to believe you're an expert in this one too. Like that, that to me is where I can feel his frustration. And, uh, so I think there is some merit. Yeah. He didn't do the best job of maybe explaining that there, but, uh, I, I can understand it a little bit. This is our airing of grievances every week. His appearances with Pat McAfee and A.J. Hawk every Tuesday have become his own airing of grievances. And I said plenty about it last night on PFTPM. I'm not going to get into that again. I wrote about it at PFT. You can read it there. My point for now is this, Chris. Yeah. I don't know why he cares. The guy has won. He's won. He's making gigantic money. He's one of the great quarterbacks of all time. He's a Super Bowl MVP. Now, he's got plenty of things within the confines of his organization he's legitimately upset about. We talked about it yesterday. We've defended him. But I think it's a bad look. I think it's beneath him. You know, I always bristle at the phrase, you're better than that, because anytime someone uses it at me, I say, you just don't know me very well. I'm not. (laughs) I can say this. Aaron Rodgers is better than that, and maybe he isn't, to worry about the stuff that people say. This gets back to what we talked about. I teased this an hour and a half ago. The criticism that we get on Twitter, that I get in the comments. My wife read them when we first started using them. She's like, why in the hell do you let these people say this? She's like, I don't care, because it's the passion that draws them. It's the manifestation of that passion. I don't begrudge them their passion. I can live with what they say. Aaron Rodgers needs to be the same way. We in the media help drive interest in the sport, which helps drive the revenue that allows him to make the money he's made and enjoy the life that he's had. The criticism comes with the territory. And look, this isn't just one or two voices in the wilderness that were piling on Aaron Rodgers after week one. It's everywhere, anywhere you look. And this isn't just because Jermichael Finley decided to drop a couple of turds in the punch bowl in his comments to TMZ last week that started all this. Anyone with eyes and ears and who's been paying attention to what's gone on throughout the offseason was going to have a strong opinion about the possible connection between Aaron Rodgers' drama from day one of the draft into training camp and the fact that they showed up for week one and, as you would say, crapped down their leg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't say it with a straight face. So... <laughs> I just, Aaron, Aaron, you've won. You have won. Don't worry about the stuff that I say, that Nate Burleson and Bill Cowher said, that Jermichael Finley said, 
that Skip Bayless said if he criticized Aaron Rodgers, I don't know, don't pay attention to him. Don't pay attention to him. Don't pay attention to us. Just keep kicking ass. You've won. I know. I know. You guys I, like Mike Florio. I mean, don't waste your time <laughs> reading, uh, reading crap like that. <laughs> I mean, it, it, <laughs> that's, it, it's that, my, that's before. Hey, that's before he started to look like Slippery Pete, by the way. Go ahead. Well, he's, he, you know, like, you're right. <laughs> you'd, you'd wish that, yes, to a degree, but it, it's not the way guys like him are wired. They're not. You know, Brady's the same way. Russell Wilson's the same way. Mahomes is the same way. Now, they're not going on the Pat McAfee show and doing it there, you know, but at the same time, they're listening. They they hear it. It it's these guys are, you know, ultra competitive. You know, I do think there's a an insecurity in all of them and like wanting everybody to like them and think I'm the best. And of course, they're they're also very aware of the the legacy left behind in all cases there. And I right. think that's what affects these guys uh, probably too too often. But but there's a difference. There's a difference. Yeah. A guy like Patrick Mahomes, a guy like Tom Brady, a guy like Russell Wilson, even though Wilson would never acknowledge it, they use the criticism as motivation. Yeah. But they don't hate those who are criticizing them. They don't want to deplatform. That's what, if you listen to everything that Aaron Rodgers said yesterday, he basically wants people to get fired. He doesn't want people to have these platforms. How do they get these platforms where they can say these things? He doesn't want the criticism at all. He doesn't want to take it and use it as motivation. He just doesn't want the criticism at all. He resents it. He's got a vendetta against those who would criticize him. He reminds me a lot of a, of a high-profile politician who would use his platforms to criticize any who dared to criticize him. I, it's just beneath him. That's my I, point. I, will dis- I won't it shows disagree a level, there, 100%. It shows a level of petty vindictiveness that I don't believe any, I, you know, you talk about mental health. Hey, one way you want to enhance your mental health, don't let yourself yeah, get dragged right. down by all the BS that's to the right. point where you hate the people. You despise the people. Understand why we do what we do. Use the criticism to motivate you, but don't make it personal. Don't make yeah. it like, I don't want that person to have a job anymore because I don't like that thing that they said about me. That is what I'm saying is beneath Aaron Rodgers. That, that, that I, I'm not going to disagree. 100%. I mean, I'm, I'm with you there all the way. And yeah, I, I, I don't understand that. You know, the, the ability or why any of these guys let it get to them personally. It's not. It's, it's, you know, it is part of the sport. It's part of the business. You're constantly being evaluated. Yeah, you're making a ton of money, and that comes along with, with the territory as far as being a quarterback in the NFL. Do you have something for today? Oh. I'm sorry, I'm monopolized. I mean, mine's, your mine's not, be that mine's I not nearly all the grievances time. as sexy. Mine will be quick. Um, I'm sick of pass interference in the NFL. I'm sick of pass interference <laughs> in the NFL on uh, what I want to say is unfairly pass interference and what I really mean by that is like Mike you know on like Monday afternoons Tuesdays I watch a lot of film I'm gonna say I I watched like nine games on film over the last two days I probably saw 25 30 offensive pass interferences I don't know if one got called none of them in fact on some of those plays I bet you half of them they called it on the defense and it just it's unreal how one-sided it is the rule states that the defensive player has a right to the ball when it's in the air. And there's just too often where contact can be made by a receiver. He's pushing off a guy to do whatever. You know, he can get the guy and throw him out of the way, and nothing's called, nothing at all. But if the defender even did half of that, 
Man, is it called, and there's seven flags out there from all over. Everybody on the field, every ref saw it. Oh, yeah, hey, those. Uh, so that really bothers me as, uh, as we go here. It really is. It's totally unfair to some of these defenders right now. And uh, I, I think that's something that, like, I wish the NFL would look at it a little bit more and, and call it a little bit more fairly. Tough thing to do in real time at full speed. I know. And we saw what happened a couple of years ago when they tried to make it subject to replay review. That was a Ugh, disaster. It is making the NFL very, very gun-shy about further proactive measures as it relates to the incorporation of video into the officiating function. Let's take a break. When we return, we're going to draft the 0-2 teams we're most optimistic about. How about none of them? Well, maybe some of them. We'll try to figure that out next year on PFT Live. <laughs> Henry on the left side. He's got some room to the 45. He's outside to the 50. He's to the 40. He's to the 30. He's to the 20. He's to the 10. He's to the 5. He's to the end zone. Yes. Touchdown, Titans. Derrick Henry just went 60. Hump Day Homer Call of the Week, Mike Keith, the voice of the Titans, along He's with awesome. Dave McGinnis. They're awesome. Right, Both of them. It. Love them. Today's draft, the 0-2 teams were most optimistic about. I think there's only seven. There is. Pick six of Who them. Who are we leaving I think out? we should do a one-round draft. <laughs> All right, trivia question. Yeah. Uh, Sunday was Derrick Henry's 10th career game with 150 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns, tied with Barry Sanders for the third most all time name one of the two running backs with more and before you try to answer hey pete take a look at the answer and the question and ask yourself what's wrong with this picture go ahead and try to name one of the two that have more than barry sanders with third with uh who is third all time okay he's pete's fixing it now okay so over 150 and two touchdowns i mean i'm, I'm gonna go Ten with eight. career games yeah two I'm, others have more all right I'm, I'm i'm gonna try to guess both of them i'm gonna go adrian peterson's one of them Womp womp. Damn. wow try another one you can still you can still win we'll still give it to you if you come up with the other one what about Ladanian tomlinson ding 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 that's one all right hold on let me just try to guess the third one if i can Damn, who would it be? Um, I don't think it's all time great. I mean, all time great. So it's M- is it Emmett or Walter? Mm. It's Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Oh, Jim Brown. Man, it Jim is Brown. Jim Brown. I I thought it was too obvious. I didn't just didn't think it would be him. Man, that that's a good question. I like that. What was what was Pete's mess up? What did he do? Why was he? Well. Uh-oh. If he had Barry Sanders as one of the answers to the question, which had Barry Sanders as the guy that Derrick Henry matched. Stupid so little I was Pete. a little confused by that. Stupid little Pete. All right. Uh, I get the first pick, and we don't have a whole lot of time. We're not going to need much time. No. I think we got one pick each, and then it's like the hell with the rest of them. I'd say the Vikings, although they need to put the week two loss behind them. That can't become another loss. They got the Seahawks this week. Then they've got the Browns. They better get a win quickly, or it's going to fall apart, but... I like what they did against the Cardinals yeah. up to the point where they missed the field goal that would have won the game. Everything else, they're moving in the right direction. They just got to get a win. It's just like last year. They started, I think it was 0-3 or they were 1-3. Felt like they couldn't buy a win. And then before you know it, they're 1-5. They really need to get a win this weekend against the Seahawks. Yeah. And if they do, they can they can erase what happened the first two weeks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they were, you know, week one, they – 
showed a lot of fight and grit there. Down twenty-one-seven, right or twenty-seven, they come back. I mean, I don't, I still don't think that Dalvin Cook was a fumble. I think his butt was down, but they just never had that clear picture. So I, I'm with you there. I think that would have been my first pick too, man. It's for as ugly as it's been, I'm going to go with the Colts just because out of all these teams we got here on this list, I still think they're the most talented of the teams. Yeah, they got issues, but still got a damn good running back, pretty good receivers. The defense is a not a great defense, but a real good defense, certainly a top 10, 12-ish defense in football. So I'll take them next, even though they got some things to fix for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, and they're in a division where they could get back into it quickly. They get a shot at the Titans this weekend. The problem is they may not have Carson Wentz. It may be Jacob Eason playing quarterback, which uh, not a good sign for the Colts if it comes to that. I'll go Giants in large part because I ain't got nobody else. <laughs> Giants, that's it. Yeah, The Giants, in my mind, beat Washington. Daniel Jones is ascending, not quite the same as Josh Allen last year, but he's better. The, the offensive line was better against Washington than we thought they would be. They, they, they have a very winnable game this week against the Falcons, and maybe they can start moving in the direction in which they need to move in order to get into playoff contention. So give me the Giants. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we picked the three teams. that I, I mean, those that's the top three teams, in my opinion. I'm with you there. After Should this, we just end it there? Well, I'm not picking it. I'm already, I'm already telling you, when it comes to me next round, I pass. <laughs> I feel... I am not optimistic are, about if you're any me, of the other teams. If you're me, who do you take That's right it. now? I mean, I'm taking Detroit, right? I got to take Detroit. I mean, at least they were competitive in both football games, you know, and there's some things to admire about the way they approach the game. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not taking Jacksonville. You know, Atlanta, we've been trying to tell people for the last six weeks, it's Crapville. Sorry. Just because they had a cool <laughs> fantasy three guys and Pitts, Calvin Ridley, and Matt Ryan, there's still 19 other guys that are just not a good team. So I'll take Detroit over Atlanta. I'm not going with Atlanta. All right, I pass. I'm done. I'm not taking any of the other teams. <laughs> Two-round draft. No, pass. Not even enough. Pass. <laughs> I was his second choice. Put it on there. After pass. Put it on there. Put pass on there. I like that. I like uh, All right, good. So pass. So now I have to come up with my last one there. Or or you can I mean, pass. Man, I don't like anybody. I don't. I really don't. I want to. I don't want to pass. I mean, I want to pass on all these guys as well. All these teams. The Jets, Jacksonville, and Atlanta. Man, I mean, there's just. Big chair. Man, there's a lot of issues. So, I mean, if you're going to make High me choose chair. out of those three, maybe I would choose Atlanta there, I guess, maybe. Because just the Jets, the injuries, rookie quarterback, Jacksonville. You're not going to talk yourself into it. No. So, yeah. None of them. It's Crapville all the way there. I don't know. All right. Yep. All right. The first ever two-round draft. There will not be a third round when PFT Live continues <laughs> right after this. We were talking about the 0-2 teams, about whom we are optimistic to turn it around. How about one of the 2-0 teams? And there were seven of them, Chris. 2-0 team that we're concerned about. Give me one that stands out to you that may give you concern. And, and uh, here's the list for anyone who doesn't have it in front of them. The Raiders, the Broncos, the Panthers, the Buccaneers, the Rams, the Cardinals, and the 49ers. Five of them in the NFC, two in the AFC. Wow. Yeah, there's not a lot of, like, there's not no, none that just jump out off the screen to me. You know, I would say out of the NFC teams, I don't know if any does. You know, San Francisco has had some spotty moments, but they don't concern me overall. I guess the team I'm still going to look at here 
you know, I, I man, I, I don't know. I'm going to go with the Raiders. If you make me pick one, I'm going to go with the Raiders. I think that's the one that, you know, again, it's just no run game so far. Can you continue to ask Derek Carr to execute the way he executes? And even though, like I said, the defense is better, I guess there's parts of me that's still just not sure how it how good it'll be as the season goes on. You get worn down and people figure out, you know, what style of play you're playing. But man, that wasn't easy. I don't know. That's I'm going with them. That's hard though. I hate to say it because I'm a big Teddy Bridgewater guy, but the Broncos of the seven undefeated teams because I didn't expect them to be two and zero. I I thought it was kind of lackluster against the Jaguars. Yeah, it was on Sunday. They were sleepwalking. Would have first. expected a little more of a of a butt whooping if this is a team that is ready to really take off. So uh, hey, a lot of good teams are two and zero. There there isn't a fluke there. The Panthers are unexpected, but I don't think it's a fluke, and they may not be able to sustain it. But they're still gonna they're still gonna win more games than most people thought they were gonna win. And the rest of them are, are powerhouses. I'm stunned. There's only two undefeated teams in the AFC. And it's not the Ravens or the Browns or the Steelers or the Chiefs or the Bills or the Patriots. It's the Raiders and the Broncos. That's what's amazing. It is amazing. You're right. Well, and some of those teams you talked about, they played each other. So that's where it's hard. Right? The AFC we talked is so talented. Uh, but yeah, I don't think, I mean, if you said, oh, yeah, two teams are going to be undefeated in the AFC and you told me it was going to be the Raiders and the Broncos before the year. Well, I definitely wouldn't have picked the Raiders. Could have made that's some money sure. off of that one. Not with those made not some money two opening that. games. Yeah. By the way, on the way out the door, you may have heard about the guy who had the 16-team parlay that all came down to the Lions on Monday night. That guy cashed in his ticket and got 133 grand instead of letting it ride. Wise decision, Chris, because it would have blown up in his face. Oh, definitely. That was risky. I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers at home in Lambeau against a rebuilding Lions team off a bad loss. Yeah, I, I uh, smart decision. Very smart. Why the hell did he pick the Lions in the first place? Well, that's the that's truth. That's the real question. See you tomorrow. See ya. Enjoy your Wednesday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.